And more. I'm your professor, David Kirkfilk. Yes. Yeah. God. We're listening to the sweet sounds of Liv, a woman who's not Hawaiian, but she's from Hawaii. Correct, Harvey Leeds? That is correct. And, and uh, what's the name of the song? Would you care to guess? I'm going to say it's called Bring You Back. Bring You Back. And Harvey's bringing us back to the good old today's days because Harvey Leeds is our guest today on Music Biz 101 and more. Yes. Yes, yes, Dr. Yes. Esteban Marconi. That is I. It's good to have you here. Thank you. It's actually great to have you here. Well, that's even better. Yes. And you too, my co-host. Yes. Should I keep looking? At me or no, at the we're live streaming on Instagram? Like keep yeah, saying. keep no, keep looking for a co-host. I thought literally, should you be looking at me ah. at this moment? The answer is yes. Look deep into my right. eyes because there's something to behold. Right. Okay. So we got a lot going on tonight. We do. So we why don't we do our thank yous and jump in? Okay. We should also give thanks to, well, thanks to Ashley Weltner, okay. who is here. She is our engineer extraordinaire. Thank you, Ashley Weltner. Really appreciate you being and here. She, I, I just found out she's the program director of Brave New Radio. Yep. Yes. And she's uh, not even still in junior junior school. So she's, uh, no, she's a ju junior. Are you a junior this year? This is her third year and uh, only her two, four, fifth semester here. So she's uh, she owns this place. Yes. Very quickly. So she's done very well here. And then there's a girl, woman, holding to our, our Instagram live, Shannon Diamore. Shannon Hello. of love! She didn't even go home from last week. No. no. Two weeks she's in a row. Right she's here. been our student guest co-host. We appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for Shannon. having me. Don't interrupt. All right. So we have Harvey Leeds, who our guest. He's the uh, manager of Southside Johnny, consultant for Live Nation, industry legend. We cannot wait to get in with this is part two because we had Harvey was maybe our third or fourth guest ever. Mm -hmm. on the show and we were marconi and i were just talking about how this is uh we're getting close to five years and how many shows that are now over 200 podcasts. shows over 200 now great they archived all of them yeah mm -hmm. podcasts yours. on itunes on spotify spotify and soundcloud soundcloud that's right and, sure, uh, we rate. and my mother has memorized them all so you can just pay her a visit bring some tea sure and she'll spend time with you. So why don't we give thanks and tell people what they should do? Okay. So they should, as you just mentioned, where to find the podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Then follow us, musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for the newsletter. We're on Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, at musicbiz101wp. We should give thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno Inc. and White Hat Management with mm -hmm. artists like Dave Matthews. Three Doors Down, St. Vincent, and Kiss. There's only one place to go for your band's business manager. Go to VB. 
Nathan. CPA.com when it's best for you. Yes. Not when it's best for Aaron. He no. wants you to be in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. That's our new thing where you're in the driver's seat. Continue. For 5%. And our thanks go also to Christine Vey, Wealth Manager and the President of Vey Wealth Management. Christine has helped many of our professionals, William Patterson, manage their investments, plan up for their retirement. If somebody like you is looking for guidance on how to plan for your retirement, or if you have questions on anything from investments to portfolio management to insurance retirement planning, give Christine a call at, repeat after me, Shannon of Love, 732-455-1510. You can also email her, Christine at theywealth.com for advisement. And take, leave the last oil off for savings. <laughs> That's all we would ask you to do. Mandy Junior Band, 6th edition. It is out. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, backwingstore.com. Kindle also. The greatest mm-hmm. book. I have 20 copies of it. Yes, he does. Keeps wearing them out. It's like an old LP. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to last. I give them away to everybody and say, you want to know what to do in the music business? Read this first. Thank you very much. And then go into daddy's business. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not this. And Harvey, you stuck up for us on uh, Facebook recently because we were ranked one of the best programs in the country for music business. And by Billboard magazine. Built by, yes. And it, there was a, it, It's one of the best in, in my mind, number one school to learn about the music business. Great. Period. There we go. I think Shannon will. Used to be Syracuse, but yes. I don't know what happened. <laughs> And Shannon will vouch for that. Yeah. Vouch. She is a senior now? Yes. Oh. And where are you working, Shannon? Um, I was very impressed. I'm working at a lot of places. I work at the Wellmont Theater in Montclair. I work at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. And I'm interning at Artist Group International. And what artists would Artist Group International represent as a booking agency? Besides Neil Young and Metallica. They do Billy Joel. They do Megadeth. They mm-hmm. do The Strokes. They do Cage the Elephant. Bunch of bands. Yep. Mega. <laughs> hire her. I'm telling every listener who has the power to hire somebody, she's the one you want to hire. Thank you. We have every year. And by the way, it always seems to be women. Very this is, good. This is, is always women. The best students, our best students each year are women. Thank you. Yeah, it's true. It's true. She's one of the best this year. Yeah. She is... One who's just come up. And uh, Ashley over there. Ashley's one of our best. And next, she graduates next year. Ashley's right. completely so, already hey, up there. We won't pump her yet. No, not year. yet. Hey, Doc. Yes. <laughs> women run the world. Well, we know true. that. It's like without them. Right. It's, it's dead. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so my, my goal is for one of these billboard lists, you know, when they have top, top executives that a bunch of them went here and they are women who are running Columbia Records or Sony or... One of the greatest uh, women music executives is Julie Greenwald at Atlantic Records. Yeah. We've had her Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Yep. And Jacqueline Saturn Mm -hmm. is now the president of Caroline. So they Mm -hmm. get out of the way. Here they come. Yeah. All right. So with that in mind, Dr. Esteban Marconi... Yes. Begin the begin. Well, Harvey needs no introduction, but why don't you uh, sort of just give him a little bio of your career to our listeners so we, they get to know that you're legit. Well, I, I went to Syracuse, and I took this music industry course, and there was this guy named 
Steve and Mark Cohen. So a couple of years older than him too when I did yes. that. Yes, <laughs> and it was and it was great because I was the CBS Records before they were sold to Sony college rep, and he would let me teach the class. I mm -hmm. didn't know anything, but he was such a good guy. And he just like, you could talk about it. What are you doing? And so then I'd stand up in front of the class and just promote all my records, whether it was Loudon <laughs> Wainwright or John McLaughlin and the Mavish New Orchestra or Janice Ian or Blue Oyster Cult or Jeff Beck or David Bromberg or Roger McGuinn. So it was like, oh, I have a captive audience. They have to sit in this room for an hour and I can promote my music to them. Smart so I went man. to Syracuse, was the CBS college rep, graduated, ran the college uh, East Coast department. And then they said, oh, FM Radio's here to stay. Sounds funny. But it was here to stay once upon a time. And I became the FM album specialist. And that's when disc jockeys could play anything. So that meant that I had to have six lunches a day to take the disc jockeys out to say, <laughs> could you please play the new Boston album or the new whatever? And then started the video department at Sony and then alternative promotion and then the... the um, artist development and touring and I did that for Columbia and Epic and then I just said boy the record business is really uh, not what it used to be and then I retired about nine years ago and started my own business called Headquarters managing for the third time Amanda Palmer one of my favorite artists and, and newfound glory and uh, Sandra Bernhardt and Black Violin and I found some kids in the subway that uh, are like uh, the Gypsy Kings on Acid called uh, City of the Sun and Southside Johnny Asbury Jukes and Marky Ramon and part of the Marky Estate and, and Marky we tour all over the world and a bunch of new artists I think you heard at the top of the show a young lady named Liv who I'm going to say originally from Portland, Oregon but grew up in Hawaii and then just started the Clive Davis Music Program at NYU but meanwhile has had three songs licensed on Fox Television, opened up the Billboard Convention at um, Jones Beach. Mm. And then there's uh, another little band that I love, a rock band from around the Caldwell's area here called The Revel. And I'm going to say that Dean goes to school in this program. Yes, mm -hmm. the pop music program. And yeah. they're a great rock band. They are, you know, the bad boys. Hey, hey mom, lock yourself up and your daughter because here they come. <laughs> and... They're fantastic. We had them open up for Bon Jovi at um, uh, in New York. Yeah. And John Bon Jovi, in the middle of the show, is like, who are these guys? <laughs> what stages they playing? And you would swear that Dean had been on a big, giant stage many times before. He's just so confident and such a rock star that watch out for him. And, and I think as a developing artist, The Revel and Liv are two fantastic, uh, you know, artists that, to keep your eye on. Mm -hmm. And and obviously Southside Johnny, and we just signed a band, uh, an, uh, a guitarist named J.D. Simo from Nashville, that all I can say is look him up, J.D. Simo, S-I-M-O. That's somebody who worked with Stevie Ray Vaughan the day he was signed, and with Jeff Beck and with Warren Haynes. I will just say that J.D. Simo is... Jerry Garcia meets Stevie Ray Vaughan. He's an extraordinary <laughs> player. And uh, I'm sure I could tell you lots of other lies, but if you close your eyes and count backwards, everybody close their eyes, and we count backwards from five, I'm hypnotizing you, four, <laughs> three, two, one, everything you're going to hear is the truth. There are no lies here. <sighs>
<laughs> so Harvey, which by the reason is because everybody else that you've been talking to an interview is lying. Ah. This is the only place because it's Brave New Radio. It's the truth. Okay. Hallelujah. Put your hands on the radio. Our guest next week is guest next week is going to be Donald Trump. Yes. And it's going to be not, all truth you know, all the time. Let's pretend that we're on vacation for the next hour <laughs> yeah. and not have to deal with that reality. So do you think your interest in becoming a personal manager came out of your last stages with artist development? You, you felt comfortable then well, I, turning yeah. that corner? You know, it all goes back to in college, you know, the, the college department, some people used to call it the dumping ground mm -hmm. because labels would sign these artists and they didn't know what to do with them. So I give it to the college department. Give Portsmouth Symphonia to the college department, <laughs> which is an orchestra from Portsmouth, England, that people that couldn't play their instruments, so an entire orchestra. Or give David Bromberg, oh, commercial mm -hmm. radio is not going to play this. You know, in the beginning, you know, the early days of, you know, Janice and and, and, <coughs> and and the more, you know, intense fusion jazz, John McLaughlin and the Mahavishnu Orchestra and Miles Davis. I mean, who was playing Bitches Brew? Mm -hmm. Not traditional jazz radio, certainly. It was college radio. So it was always an, an area that developed talent. Mm -hmm. So I was always like somebody that would either lived on the edge or was, you know, musically, or it was something that was very embryonic and and ahead of the curve so mm -hmm. yeah i mean i guess uh, but i always i think everybody always likes self-discovery so you you want to be the first person knowing about this rapper or that band or that artist or mm -hmm. this pop star i mean you know everybody likes discovering the next thing before the next person right so let's just take for example um southside johnny when you found Southside Johnny... But nobody listening knows who Southside Johnny is. Well, yes, some of these people that live in Jersey will. Okay. Down the shore people. Well, I'm just thinking, no, I was thinking also the younger people. Right. No, there's many that don't. Okay. But, but you're right. But let's I just want to take into, him... Let's get into their brains. As an example, what what's the first thing you noticed that was missing from his career on the business side that you, you could put a handle on it right well, away and start well, to... The, We'll go back in my time machine. When I graduated college and was full-time at CBS Records slash Sony Music, he was one of the first artists right. that I worked on, and we did a radio broadcast on the Stone Pony. You know, he was this, you know, rock and soulful coming out of, you know, the Asbury Park Springsteen scene. Yeah. But what happened was about 10 years ago, or more, he put out an album called Grapefruit Moon, which is the music of Tom Waits mm -hmm. with um, uh, charts. And I mean, it's big band right. from La Bamba, uh, the trombone player from Conan, right. uh, Richie. And they couldn't get arrested. They'd spent all this money on the record. They, hey, Harvey, our friend, come, come back into our lives. But it was such an expensive project, we could never really get it going. And then John wanted to do a side project called The Poor Fools, which was basically an acoustic project. Mm -hmm. And so I helped him get that on the road. And then I noticed, uh, you know, wait, 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 I, I almost became like a forensic accountant. And I did that for a lot of artists. And I was like, what do you mean you went to Europe and lost $30,000? What do you mean 
you can't meet payroll or I didn't understand what was going on. And unfortunately, I noticed that his, you know, his accountant and his manager money was I don't know where it was going, frankly. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I, I don't make any ac- accusations other than they were thieves, but um, and stealing. But we're not allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it was like, let me help you. And and I was auditing, even though I can't even balance my own checkbook. But I, I was like, I don't understand. These numbers don't make sense to me. And so mm-hmm. then we we just uh, got into a great rhythm and relationship, and we've had a lot of fun and gone to places he'd never been to, which is Japan and etc. And and. Uh, Southside Johnny lives on, and last year we had the biggest crowd ever at the Stone Pony, and mm-hmm. on July fourth, which was on the sixth, seventh, seventh show, you can always hear it broadcast on Sirius E Street Radio, or you can hear it New Year's Eve live from because we're playing again um, in Red Bank at Count Basie. You can hear it on the radio. So, mm-hmm. but he is truly the artist development story. Forever, forever, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. So, for the our fans who don't know Southside Johnny, that his mainstay band is a bigger band with three South. horns at least. Yes, Southside was... Johnny and the Asbury Jukes. Right, and it runs nine pieces normally. Yes, and here's a, a side bar. Um, so sometimes when you do a contract and a band's playing. They pass it on to people in their office, and they instead of writing Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes with a J, they advertise it or they <laughs> they do stuff, and they call it Southside Johnny and the Asbury Dukes with right. a D. Right. And so we put into the contract that if you ever do that, and I kind of stole this whole idea from James Brown because if you played with James Brown and you blew a wrong note, right? He find, find you. He find yeah. you. So I was this. like, I'm going to find people if they, in their advertising or in the correspondence or communication refer to jukes as dukes um <laughs> then we don't pay any percentage back to the house in merchandising fee right i don't know how many people know so normally when you you know when you think you know you're at a show and you buy a t-shirt don't think that the club or the venue is being nice letting them <laughs> you know right. sell their stuff the house is getting a piece of that usually 20 percent, could be 25 could be 30 percent. <laughs> But if you spell jukes and call it dukes, a hundred percent comes to Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes because we're going to find you. Which is, it's, and it's really, you know, it's it's kind of like James Brown finding you, but it's also like why did the famous Van Halen story with the red M and M's? Yeah, right. They just wanted to see if people were really reading the contract. Sure. They didn't really want the red M and M's, but it's right. like they wanted to see: Are you really reading the nitty gritty of a contract? Right. Sure. So when you uh, picked up Southside, what kind of merch was he selling at the time? Um, really ugly, cheap, crappy T-shirts. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, there's a lot of money to be made here if you service your fan base and audience and you feed them good-looking stuff, tchotchkes, chazerai, you know, um, merch. You know, so we do everything from decks of cards and shot glasses and coffee mugs and toothbrushes and 
and um, fly luggage swatter. tags and fly swatters and, you know. And now it's getting to be Christmas, so. It's beginning to look a lot like You're going to do the uh, ornaments again? I don't know, but the thing is, I like to sell things for any artist, whether it's, you know, the Revel or Liv, mm-hmm. um, you know, or JD, and I'm going through it right now as we revamp JD Simo. It's like you want to... Not everybody can afford a $25, $30 T-shirt. Maybe there should be that $5 fly swatter, mm-hmm. deck of cards, sticker, uh, keychain, bottle opener, toothbrush, something that, you know. Right, right. So you, um, I'll just stay on him for one more question. So what kind of um, venues was he playing when you found him, and what's he doing now? It's still the same... Um, you know, uh, club circuit, but you know it's getting opening up. You know, for uh, other bands and 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 just spreading the base. And you know, for years, the people that were working with him forgot that he was you know a big band in in Pittsburgh and Chicago and Detroit and Cincinnati and St. Louis. So it's it's kind of reigniting what once was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I think also that you've sort of broadening the places he plays as well, because I know he did that night at the Blue Note with the Billy Holiday's music or whatever. Yeah, it's, you know, we, hey. Uh, who would think that Southside Johnny would be doing well, the Blue Note? Well, we've wanted to do a jam session at the Blue Note the way Levon Helm has, the you know, mm-hmm. up at the barn, the jam. Right, sure. I've been trying to... And 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 the Blue Notes wanted to do a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday brunch jam session mm-hmm. that would have Southside involved with, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun having Southside Johnny, and then at the other end of the spectrum, Marky Ramon. You know, yeah, we go from Asbury Park music scene to you know one of the greatest punk bands ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you're very creative, obviously, and I listened to an inter- interview with uh, Shep Gordon, who wrote the book Supermensch and was in the film Supermensch. The greatest. Yeah, mm. um, and it was actually on the Promoter 101 podcast that is uh, very good that people should listen to. But in the interview, Shep said that when he was being so creative with Alice Cooper and, and uh, Luther Vandross or Teddy Pendergrass or any of these other people he worked with, um, he had to be high. He always had to smoke something that just, for him, opened the well, portals. Well, he started as a drug dealer up in Buffalo. I thought <laughs> it's, it's no secret. It's in his book. Mm-hmm. He'll be the first to tell you. Mm-hmm. And that's why he <laughs> lives in Hawaii. Because <laughs> he, he makes the greatest tomato onion sauce. Interesting. Yes, he could have had him make the Marky Ramon yes, tomato could, sauce. Yes. That would have been his tomato sauce is fantastic. Have you been to his uh, Maui? Any of his Maui I'm, dinners? Uh, no, but I know all about him, and I've FaceTimed and seen people, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, he's the man. Well, the question was, and by the way, yes, talk about creativity. He was the first guy managing chefs. That's mm-hmm. right. Right. And I remember saying, uh, what are you doing? He's like, these are the rock stars of tomorrow. I'm going back 
when he had a series of chefs uh, VHS tapes through Electra Records, and one mm. and the one of the first ones was Emerald Lagasse, mm -hmm. and I was like, "The hell's Emerald Lagasse?" Boom, bam, and mm -hmm. and he said, "Think about these guys are rock stars. They come to a dinner, they cook for royalty, they, you know, and then they can't stay in the hotel, and mm -hmm. they treat them." Like a second-class citizen, he goes. They're they're as important as the persons whose dinner or the honoree. And mm -hmm. so he said they need to be treated like rock stars, and they should have road cases, and they should have a staff, mm -hmm. and they should be staying in the same hotel in a suite. And he was the guy that took uh, chefs uh, from the street to the penthouse. Mm -hmm. And it was and it was sort of the second time he did that because he took on the Chitlin circuit in the very, uh, I would say, late 60s, early 70s, when he, when he took on Teddy Pendergrass, one of the first yeah. shows Teddy Pendergrass played, um, he wasn't going to get paid. Mm -hmm. And he went to the promoter and said, you have to pay him. And he goes, I don't, I don't have the money. He said, you, yes, you're going to find the money. He just did a show for you. The guy said, well, take my ring then. And he realized that the black performers on that circuit were not getting paid what they should. Mm -hmm. And that, that he said, all right, Teddy, it's going to be you and me against the world. We're going to write this wrong, kind of like with the chefs, although it's not yeah. making the social statement, but it's Correct. still breaking uh, no, no, new chef, ground for people. Chef you know? of the man, I mean, and to this day, still Alice Cooper is one of the most exciting, fun, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's not just, you're not just seeing a rock show, you're seeing a theatrical, crazy entertainment experience. Mm -hmm. You know, and that book, anyone who hasn't read the, the Shep Gordon book, I mean, he talks about the, the the, well, watch the movie. The stuff he mm. did in in England to get attention. I mean, right. yeah. he's 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 the closest we have to P.T. Barnum. Yeah, mm. Shannon, you're reading the book, aren't you? Yes, I am. Have you finished it? I have not finished it yet. It's but a I must am, read. I yeah. just started it. If I'm being honest. <laughs> well, we're being honest. It's yeah. we're Brave New it Radio. Is, yeah. It's <laughs> almost as important as you know. What's the name of your book? Managing Your Man. Six. <laughs> almost. <laughs> there are two. Very important books and, and managing your band. Sixth and, edition. And, and the sixth edition available right. at Amazon. It. You can get it to your house overnight. And Shep Gordon. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. Supermatch. Mm -hmm. That's right. So the question was so he, he found his creativity through that, through through marijuana. Um, you're an incredibly creative person, especially when it comes to merch. And you mentioned things like fly swatters and Christmas ornaments. Where, where do you, what do you, use to find inspiration is it um you just sit and you just think in a quiet room is it it just comes to you and you don't know how it happens what is it that that leads you to those creative things that you do what drives you for that inspires i think you? it's it's the little men from outer space that <laughs> climb into your ear it's food it always happens over food i'm like wow man we should be and <laughs> and also i'm a student of uh of magic, I love magicians, and it's just, it's just magic. I don't mm -hmm. know. It just, mm -hmm. you know, it's from not taking medication, so the brain just doesn't focus. Mm -hmm. It just runs wild in your head. So, what do you think is today? Now, we've had uh, Aaron Van Dynein, who's of course the business manager that we that we pushed in the beginning of the show, but he talked about who he works with. He works right. with most. You know, if Alice Cooper and Shep are creative geniuses, 
what's Kiss and, and yeah, you know what's Gene, Gene Simmons? Yeah. Of course, that guy. You know that he sold credit cards, ketchup, coffins. I mean, mm -hmm. Kiss is you know. Condoms. Now he's got an organic soda. It's come. It's in uh, Wegmans and I think Seven yeah. Eleven. It's, it's yeah. incredible what Kiss is. You know, forget what they have done as a live performing unit. The merch. It's insane. insane, yeah. So anyway, he's t he was talking about the how the role changed uh, in the last ten years or so for a business manager, and that they are now much more active in major decisions that maybe ten years ago were just a personal manager, and he's get called on many times to not only project budgets or project revenue or whatever, but to his opinions. Uh, he works very closely with Doc McGee for uh, for Kiss and so on. Do you do you, have you noticed? And you said nine years. Have you noticed a change in personal management? A hundred percent. It used to it used to be so uncool to not you know be affiliated with a, a product, a sponsorship. Mm -hmm. Now, right, that's the first thing every artist wants to be involved with. And who can help you do that better? And work out the kinks and the deal. Uh, your accountant, business manager, you know, he can figure mm -hmm. out the numbers. Does this make sense uh, or not? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's like the Rolling Stones were never, you know, they were one of the first people to like, you know, have corporate sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. I think. So, how about for personal management too? I mean, how about for the job you do now compared to nine years ago? Oh, you're you're always looking. You know, it's like. No, it's it's not cool to be on a TV show. Well, Southside Johnny was on the TV show Billions, and you know the email right. and the response we got was 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 incredible. You know, and when Marky Ramone was on, you know Anthony Bourdain show, uh, it was it was nuts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, know, you can't buy that kind of uh, uh, PR and relationship. Right now, with Johnny and with Marky, did the did those shows find them, or did you go out and pitch Actually, it? Actually, but, but no, we pitched um, on Marky. We pitched the Food Network and the Bourdain people, and then and then the Bourdain people knew me, so then they came back and wanted Southside Johnny, and then our music publisher was pitching. We were always looking for TV, and she pitched uh, the Billions people. Mm-hmm. So it can work both ways, actually. And when you, just for our listeners, of course, and when you do get one, you would be, uh, if you're a good manager, you would then try to capitalize on that to get more, to get two or three or four or whatever. Oh, hey, hey when you get one, I feel sorry for you because, you know, once I get my teeth around your ankle, I ain't letting go. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. know where you live. Right, right. I have a question. So you were just talking about like the crazy things Shep Gordon did with like creativity to like get his way in Europe. Have you heard of the band Threaten that's all over the news lately? A little bit, yes, but why don't you tell us? So Threaten booked a whole UK tour based on fake statistics that they made right. on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like fake people were RSVPing to their shows. They went on a full blown tour, convinced yep. all these promoters to book them. And no one showed up. Like, do you think that's like pushing the line creativity? Like, no, that's that? stupid. That's called stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> you know that 
you know, I, I don't know what the upside to that is. But we I'll tell you. We were talking about this in class, and we were saying the only upside would be that, like, they're in the press now. Like, people are going to listen to them. But, like, I don't think any promoters would want to book them anymore or, like, even try or give them a shot after this. Like, what do you think? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> you don't exist. Uh, I'll tell you, there was a project that I was involved with, a band called Glint. Fantastic band. And, uh, but they didn't mean anything in Europe. But we wanted to tour Europe. So they stole somebody's um, email address from a big company that's similar to Live Nation. And they said, hello from this big company in America. Uh, this is our favorite band of quotes and quotes and quotes. And they booked a tour. In this case, they could actually deliver. And by the end of the tour, they played in, in, in Holland in front of 5,000 people. Oh, wow. But it was just being creative. It's like, nobody knows who we are, but we're going to say hello from this big promoter in the United States and the people in Europe. You know, that it, as wonderful as the Internet is, it also it can, it can con people mm -hmm. and, and threaten. Is, is a classic. I mean, that was just... When I read that, I was like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, why don't you okay. read our first... We have some great tweets tonight, so Shannon's going to read okay. our first tweet of the week. This question is from Jessica, and she asked, my question from Harvey Leeds, or for Harvey Leeds is, I've heard you have quite the personality and that you're very outspoken and fun. How do you feel having your personality has affected you throughout your music business career? Whoa. <laughs> Who said that? Yeah, really. Um... Well, there's, you know, it blows my mind how many boring people there are in entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I've just always liked to have fun. I always wanted to be on the radio, but I couldn't make a living doing that. And uh, I just love what I do, because if you love what you do, you're never going to work a day in your life. And I have, you know, a lot of crazy interests. I love radio. I love being behind the microphone. I love playing music for people. I love turning people onto new things, whether it's new food or new new magicians or new comedians or new music. So it's it's just exciting, you know. It's 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 fun turning people on. Turn on, tune in, drop out. But I'm going to turn you on. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. This Next question tweet. is from Lucifer, and they ask. Do you ever find it difficult managing two bands? Does it ever become a conflict with your consultant job with Live Nation? Never, because I don't sleep. I sleep, you know, three hours a night. So my philosophy is you're never more than an hour away from RV Leeds. <laughs> and, you know, and leave me alone between 4 and 7 o'clock, you know, unless it's an emergency. And, of course, you can call the house line. But, no, I don't see it as a conflict at all because, if you know, we, you just... You work and you hustle and you have fun. So, and if you if you love what you do, you just keep. There's you know, go to lunch. Yeah, I'll go to lunch, but we're going to go to lunch and keep talking. Mm -hmm. So, we get this que uh, this question arises. In fact, are we going to go to lunch after this? I mean, it's nine o'clock. <laughs> sure. You know, we're have it's five o'clock somewhere, as they say. <laughs> Anywho, uh, we get this question all the time, and we pros. We uh, actually posed this question as well in class, and that is these artists that want to be, these students that want to be artists would, uh, I always ask the question, 
do you want a manager that manages only you or do you want a manager that manages other acts as well and what are the pros and cons of each and they all start out that they want normally a manager that manages only them right so then they get usually their friend because they can't afford right the guy is a roadie and now he becomes a manager pay anybody right you know unless they're independently wealthy and um and both of them are 100 percent the other side of the coin is hey if your manager you know is managing you know david bowie maybe he could help you Mm -hmm. in leverage yeah and we talk about that about maybe opening for tours and and so on and so forth because even if you get that manager that only manages you especially in your early days now you both own 100 percent of nothing and uh no matter how you slice that it's going to be nothing yeah yeah mark here's where we come um here here's a good debate sort of question because um the uh, dr esteban feels that um if you're going to manage a band you should basically be like you said be like the band you don't have any money basically no, I, no my my usually what i say is if you're going to manage a band then only be a manager don't have it don't teach school and manage on the side when there's when that band is starving and eating at mcdonald's <laughs> uh so i'm not saying that you can't manage other bands especially bands that are making money for you but not the idea of you have this other income mm-hmm. and you're sort of managing this band and some of it's you know, it's some of it's a whim and some of it isn't. Right. So that's where oh, I stand. Yeah, yeah, look, I, I don't know of anyone that's, you know, managed a band and also, you know, had a day job, if you will, something right. else. It's like, yeah, could you, gotta, you gotta live imagine it. Imagine that. You gotta live it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a day job. You, you work at Live Nation. You well, had, I'm a consultant to them and, yeah. and help them create content and, mm-hmm. and manage relationships, but it's the same. It's... It's all in the same, you know, arena. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm, you know, a banker or something. Yeah, I'm right. Working at a gas station in. Uh, oh, uh, hold mm-hmm. on, I, I, I know your tank's overflowing, but I got to. Right. I got to close the deal at the Stone mm-hmm. Pony. Right. <laughs> right. So right. teaching about the music business and then being in the music business, you shouldn't do. You you shouldn't do both at the same time. Like, if, let's say you you taught about the music business, and you wanted to manage a band. I'm a, I'm a, let's put a caveat on this. Okay. <laughs> well, professor, don't they, no, prof- don't they say those that right, can't, can't right, 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 teach, and those that right, yeah. right. <laughs> right. Well, right. Professor Phil Pe- wrote the book with me, the sixth edition, and he had. Did he write the first one? No, Marconi. No, did I did the first five. five. By hand. By myself, yes. So you cut him in on the sixth? The sixth, yes. I call it the I call it the last. He calls it the sixth. Yes, fifty fifty. Yeah, fifty percent of nothing. Absolutely. Fifty percent, but you wrote the first five prints. Yes. Because I you're a very nice man. That's right. (laughs) Because I have something I'm gonna be working with this person every day. Consequently, (laughs) he's decided that because he never managed, that he would manage some bands as well as teach school. So that's why this question is coming up. Because my f- Well, I think William Patterson, first of all, needs to give him a big fat raise. Well, there we go. So my <laughs> philosophy is different than his. But he has a reason why he's doing it. He's not just doing it for extra income or whatever. I see his point because he's never just yeah, thought it, from it, that but angle. It's, but it's in the same arena. Yes, he's exactly. teaching and talking about 
music and industry and publishing and mm-hmm. and 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 the industry and trying to I would imagine take that to the street and work with something and and blow it up right mm-hmm. exactly and, and vice versa obviously I mean it helps me become a better teacher as well yeah because um, then you understand how hard it is yeah to you know go from one to a hundred mm-hmm. right but it's interesting the amount you know I I had a uh, there's a guy. Did we talk about this on the radio show last week? Steve Rennie. Uh, do you know no. Steve? Uh, I know Steve Rennie. I worked with Steve Rennie. He worked at Epic Records and then worked uh, and managed uh, Incubus. Right, yes. And then he had his pretend online school. He still does, and he bashes programs like ours. Bashes them, um, which drives me insane. Because, and Left Sets does it, too. He bashes... Um, music business yeah, but I mean, look, struck organization. I, I like those two guys, but I really don't believe that they believe that. That they're mm-hmm. just, I think they're the guys in the gym class that got the towel snapped at them and <laughs> that they're just looking for attention. I, I, I don't buy that <laughs> at all. And, you know, somebody should say, hey, Rennie, who are you managing now? Mm hmm. And and left sets, I mean, what I love about left sets is he has no filter and doesn't care. He will say anything. He will attack anyone mm-hmm. from the top Irving Azoff to David Geffen down to the bottom. He's just got balls the size of King Kong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he, not he, on the he, list. No, he was a dodgeball player. That's what right. we're talking about. Yes, yeah, yeah. he did. He, <laughs> he has a he doesn't play baseball, which is this size. He plays, he plays baseball. Do- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's very good. <laughs> Marconi. That's very good, yes. <laughs> um, sorry. Time. Uh, Sweet. Yeah, but where was I going with the Steve Rennie thing? I don't remember. Oh, his whole yeah. thing was you can't. Um, our programs are awful because none of these people do. They only teach, and he mm-hmm. uses bad language. Mm-hmm. Excuse they, they, me. But this particular program... We could say that maybe about Syracuse or some other places. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Marconi, musician, mm-hmm. band, CBS Records. on the road, struggling, teaching in Syracuse, signed to Epic. Was it Epic Records? Yeah, it was Epic. You know, by John Hammond, mm-hmm. working with Clive Davis. Hello? That's real deal. I thank you. Amen. Course, but it's true. Yeah. And, and Dr. Yeah. David here, extraordinary drummer. Played with every punk band at CBGB's. Look at him. Yeah, that's right. People, know. you know, right. this is the radio. They don't realize that he has a pink mohawk. He's <laughs> wearing right. a dress today. Yeah, right. it's like like Sean Striegel with the mohawk and the, the colors. We watch. I work with Sean Striegel every day. Yep. Oh, that's right. You Good see guy. him all the time. He's one a the, great the, guy. One of the greatest bookers. And another friend of our program. Yeah, he's yes. a very, very good guy. Um, could Shannon of Love read another tweet to you? Would you mind? Let's go. Let's okay. go, Shannon. We're, we're here all night, right? We're not... Paulo, Paulo says, Hi, Harvey. I see you're working on creating special events, including a ukulele festival. Cool. Do you, do you have any tips on setting up my own special events outside of the traditional venues? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I like the idea of putting it in a... <laughs> doing a concert in a, a hardware store at night. Um, you know, it's so funny, because the very first thing when I, when I came in as a consultant to Live Nation, they were like, so, Harvey, what ideas do you have? I want to do a ukulele festival. Well, they laughed me out of the room. A ukulele? Look at this idiot. And that was Jake Shimabukoro. To the point where I, I didn't, really didn't think about this. 
that I've been working with uh, a, a, a great artist, Jim Boja, and we do a thing, Bruce on Broadway. Bruce off, sorry, off Broadway. Bruce off, yes, off Broadway. Right. And, and it's the Bruce show on ukulele. Dave Marsh has, has seen it. We've been on all over E Street Radio, and it's... I can't wait it, to see it. It's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Jim Boja is, is an extraordinary musician and is the Segovia of the ukulele <laughs> next to Jake Shimabukura. Quick question. You don't... You can figure out how to answer it. How does one get paid as a consultant? Like at Live Nation, is that just sort of like... Are, are, you, are, you, are you like a, an you'd independent have contractor? My, you'd or? have to talk to my yeah. uh, lawyer. A retainer? Yeah. Is, is it an independent contractor? Well, it's like kind of an, a or? consultant for anything. I mean, there's consultants to Campbell's Soup. Mm -hmm. There's consultant to Frito-Lay. Right. They, they, all companies like a outside and different perspective mm -hmm. to keep them, you know, in check and honest and, you know, forward thinking and, you know, coming up with lunatic ideas. Mm -hmm. is, it, you know, is it a like? And I'm not asking you how much you make. Is it like I'm just structurally. Is it the re a retainer? Is it project by project? If we accept a project that we like, then it's a, it's a blend of everything. Yeah. Okay. It can be it can be a percentage of things you bring in. It could be a re monthly retainer. It's you know it, it's it's structured many different ways. Hmm. Okay. Um, next tweet for you. Okay. Uh, Sam says question for Harvey Leeds. As someone who's interested in going into the music industry as an artist manager, what advice would you give in terms of artist-to-manager relationship? What advice would you give for picking a promising act? Um, what does your father do? Go into your father's business um, <laughs> or your mother's business. And actually, uh, sidebar, I've had many people come to me, kids, I'm, I want to be in the music business. I'm going to go to... William Patterson, I'm going to go to NYU, whatever. And I always say, that's great, but minor in business because the music industry is such a, you know, crapshoot. You don't know. But if you learn business, one, you'll be great at what you do in the music and entertainment industry. But two, you know, if you don't make it, you, knowing how to run a business is also very important and can help you find other paths and careers mm -hmm. but so but answering that question what was it um, i always look how do you find talent yeah, yeah. that's what she was asking she look, said, I, what advice I, would you I'll, give in I'll terms i'll take of music from i used to you know in the older days i used to take you know cassettes from you know the hertz counter or avis oh you're in the music business my son is in a band you never stop listening you you network with people you find one band that says oh we want to go on tour with this artist you you just keep networking and and, and seeing and you and and you know i'm a pretty picky guy i hate everything so i'm always looking for something you know i remember i was so frustrated in the music business in the in the late 70s and it was like um <coughs> and i loved boston but it was like eh, it was becoming homogenized and and I remember being in Athens, Georgia, and seeing the B-52s, and they had only had Rock Lobster out on DB Records. And it was like, where did this... I mean, it was just the most refreshing thing. The same way Amanda Palmer, refreshing. Pearl Jam, refreshing. Incubus, refreshing. Cyndi Lauper, Michael Jackson, when he came out, refreshing, you know. J.D. Simo, 
live the rebel refreshing different exciting great nothing else out there as good or like it um, but, but remember the only musical barrier is the media <laughs> hey why don't we play a couple seconds of the rebel right now since you just brought them up and sure. dean d'antonio yes the, um guitarist i think d'antonio but close enough yes and they're from are they from caldwell new yes, jersey they are. yeah from caldwell and dean's uh in this and program this, and and it's you know you talk about how do you find stuff not to be morbid i was at a funeral and i run into jimmy necco from one of the greatest rock singers on the planet earth period whether it's freddie mercury roger daltrey whomever jimmy necco new jersey's own band it has a band called Hours, and he goes, oh, I'm working on this thing, Hours. And I go listen to these kids, the Rebel, and they, they blew me away. I mean, you know, Dean's a rock star. Dylan's, you know, Keith Richards. And, and having songs worked on and produced and co-written with Jimmy Necco, it's just it's great. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy Necco and Hours are, you know, he's one of the great, you know, hidden gems in music, period. He's mm -hmm. one of the greatest singers. He is phenomenal. But had it, but at the funeral, the point is, oh, I'm working on this thing. It's like, you know, okay, let's stop being morbid here, and I'd like to come see them. And it's just, it's networking and connecting and and yenta and gossiping. Are we listening to it now? Okay. Do you know what song we're listening to? I'm alive. They're great looking, and he, he looks like he's been doing it from you know the time he came out of the womb. And they're brothers, right? Yeah, but they're not twins. No, they are not twins. They look very much like twins. I, I don't think so. But you don't think so? No. I asked him. I said, "Are you are you guys twins?" And he he laughed. He said, "No." But he said, "I'm good looking." And yeah. <laughs> my brother's right. hideous, but yeah. right, definitely. Uh, for our older listeners, James Dean esque. Yes. Go listen to him. The Rebel. Dot band. Did somebody take their dot com before oh, they them? did? Yes, they certainly did take it. And what's going on with? Are they? Are as a manager? Are you trying to get that back, or is somebody trying to sell it for well, ten thousand dollars? Well, we were trying to, but it's it's a uh, successful porno site. Oh really? Okay. Yes. So we should really be going to the Rebel dot com. No, you should be going to the Rebel dot band. Did did they have you bought the Rebel Music dot com? Uh, we we have several, but we, you want to try and keep it simple. Mm -hmm. And I like it's kind of like it's different. Hey, what's their website? The Rebel dot band. I didn't even know there was a dot band. Right. You remember the first time somebody said, "Oh yeah, blah 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 dot me." What? Right. Dot me. Right. No, dot you. <laughs> Watch your mouth. I had a uh, website. I was running. A... There's a, there is. There's dot me. Do you think there's a yeah. dot you? There might be. We should start a right. whole thing. Right. We're gonna start a whole. Uh, what do you call that? Dr. Suffix. Doctor Marconi. Dot you. Yeah. <laughs> I can see him doing that. Because I had a dot fm for a music site at one yes. point, and that was uh, I think owned in Denmark and it costs like extra money than a regular dot com which would be say twelve dollars a year and this is like a seventy five dollars a year because and it was then if special. people who steal your name and your identity online mm -hmm. and 
we call them squatters. Right, our, our favorite types of people. Okay, so, another tweet. another tweet for you. Okay, Josh Lustig asks, would you say that it's more important for a band to cater to their home audience or to branch out and tour new places? Well, first you be, need to become, you know, you need to own your marketplace. Every band, when you think about it, whether it was, hey, Dave Matthews, you gotta come down to Charlottesville. Hey, there's a guy, you know, Bruce Springsteen and Southside Johnny and John Bon Jovi, you gotta come down to the, excuse me, Jersey Shore. Hey, there's a kid up in Minneapolis, Prince. You know, hey, there's Pearl Jam and, and, and Soundgarden up in, uh, you know, Seattle. The San Francisco, you know, psychedelic sound, you know. You have to own your market, your home market, I believe. And sometimes it won't even be your home market. You could live in one state, and for some reason, a thousand miles away, they fall in love with you. Mm -hmm. Spring. Like, what, like, what was that artist um, looking for? What's his name? Anyway, he was huge. He was like the Dylan of South uh, Africa, and he was from Detroit. Oh, um, Sugar Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a classic yeah. story. You know, this guy was nobody, had nothing going on, was a working class hero in Detroit, and was like, you know, a megastar, but he didn't even know it down in, in South Africa. Mm -hmm. Although I call uh, bull dinking on a lot of that because he was an ASCAP BMI artist. But we couldn't say that what we wanted to say, so we had to say bull dinking. They laughed at that. It's fine. It was good. It's not on the wall. It says you can't say these words. And, and you know, they took a lot of creative license in that sugar. Uh, Looking for Sugar Man. Right. Yeah. Because his, his record, his writing royalties were going, it wasn't that hard to find. Mm -hmm. But it's a great story. And it's, it's a classic example. This guy was a starving guy in Detroit and was superstar in, uh, and didn't even know it, down under in South Africa. Mm -hmm. Happened in Spinal Tap, too. Like there yes. were nothing <laughs> here, but then they were huge in Japan or something. I don't think one of the words that I can't say, kick my butt. Right. <laughs> here. Yeah, okay. Right. Shannon. Okay. This question is from me. Yeah. And I asked, what is the biggest struggle you faced as a manager? Whew. about people that have short memories you know you do so many people so many favors and then they don't pay you back or help you and they you know have short term memories mm. and the, the, and also the hardest thing today is getting booking agencies and a booking agent you know when I was at Sony you know it was the classic story is Sarah Bareilles. She wanted Marty Diamond to be her agent, and that's all she wanted. And he was like, "Leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone." No, no, no. Boom. Saturday morning, she went to his door. Ding dong. Boom. He opened up in his bathrobe, groggy eyed. She stuck his foot in and said, "I want you to be my agent." He said, "I passed on it, Harvey Leeds. Didn't he tell you three times?" Yes, but let me sit at the piano and sing you a song. She sat at the piano and sang him I'm never going to write you another love song and he's like now I'm your agent <laughs> and I won't throw you out of my apartment what do you want for breakfast mm -hmm. but that, but it's the hardest thing is getting a booking agent and getting meaningful dates 
What's your definition of meaningful date? Well, club appearances, you know. But there are different ones, you know, like a certain size room, are you thinking? Or, uh, hey, it starts with one person, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, Southside always tells the classic story because I was like, we got to get to Dublin. And he goes, yeah, I played Dublin once. How was it? I played it once. <laughs> oh, how was it? I played for one person. <laughs> I was like, no, really? He goes, yeah, it was 1978. Epic Records sent me to Dublin, and I played for one person. And I said to the guy, what do you want to hear? And I played what he wanted to hear. And I said, want to go to dinner? And I have one very exciting, still rabid fan. Hmm. But it starts with one person. Okay. Do you have a, have you been able to get an agent for the Revel or for... Yes, uh, we have Andrew Goodfriend. From which He's, agency? Uh, Andrew's with TKO. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got us a bunch of Buck Cherry dates, and we've been crushing it, opening up for Buck Cherry. Mm -hmm. What about uh, JD Simo? JD Simo's with a, uh, a Kevin Daly, who is a little agency. He used to work for Monterey out of Monterey, but now he works out of his own company in Minneapolis called North Star. Hmm. Okay, and Live. Uh, Live uh, doesn't have an agent at this moment. Uh, she has me and a bunch of people at Live Nation that love her. Um, we, she's more of a songwriter at the moment. We're going to, you know, she did open up for the Billboard convention. Uh, excuse me, the Billboard... Um, Touring convention. No, the, the Billboard uh, show at Jones Beach. But uh, we're concentrating on, after the first of the year, some live stuff. But mostly she's had three... Fox television licenses so she's really networking and you know uh, co-writing okay great so the last question was about uh, biggest struggle yes. and then this question uh, what was your best experience you've had managing an artist well the, the, the best experience you have is when you have some kind of success whether it's you're on a TV show you know, you see Liv having songs that are used in Fox television promos for The Resident, or you, you know, Southside on, on Billions, or you see the record go into the top 10, or you see, you know, peers uh, writing super positive accolades about it. I mean, it's all different levels, whether it's, you know, having the number one record, which in today's, you know, industry, doesn't mean very much it's the most exciting thing is playing in front of you know when you see thousands of people that's exciting when you see the revel open up for john bon jovi that's exciting you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. did i answer the question yeah okay <laughs> No, but not well. Can you start again? I'm kidding. No, that was that was a great answer. And you know what? We can't do any starting again because it's time to do the opposite and to wrap it up. <laughs> wrap up time, sponsored by Van Dyne Bruno yes. Inc. and White Hat Management. VB hyphen CPA. But I think this hour was also brought to you by Headquarters Management. Yes. Oh, that, headquarters Management, owned, operated by Harvey Leeds. We'll leave the light on for you, and, right. except between 4 and 7 a.m. But if it's an emergency, feel free. But please don't. So uh, we want to thank Harvey. Our next live show yes. next week, 
Uh, the day before Thanksgiving, year of our Lord, 2018. We're going to replay the Mark Robinson interview. Mark Robinson, who is, this year to us is our... Visiting resident music and entertainment industry expert. Why Say are that. you playing Harlan Fries? Because Harlan Fries is going to be played on December 19th. Again. One of the greats. Yeah. We had that, uh, we, we mentioned that the week after we had Harlan. Yeah, Trump, it really uh, was. Touring for Atlantic Records. Amazing interview. It was really great. Uh, and then there's a basketball game. Then we have Bill Sharlap on the 5th, a Grammy winner, Bill Sharlap, who mm -hmm. is uh, our next live guest on December the 5th. And so we want to thank Ashley Weltner for being behind the board for us. She did a tremendous job. I'm sure people thought it sounded great. We should thank Shannon of Love, Shannon Diabor, for killing it on the street in here with us. Is she going to be here December 5th? She probably has to be. She's uh, <laughs> you know, Since you're giving plugs, there's a fantastic magician comedian. His name is Harrison Greenbaum. And I highly recommend that you look him up online. Harrison Greenbaum. Hilarious, great magician, funny, creating his own little genre. Harrison Greenbaum, check mm -hmm. him out. But not not dot band. No, that's the Revel dot band. The Revel. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. And we should thank Dr. Stavon Marconi. Yes, we should. And we should thank uh, Dr. Harvey Leeds. Yes. Let's do this for Harvey. Let's give him a little bit of this. Not a lot. Just a little. That's enough. That's all. Yes. Taking his time. And we have three seconds, so we need to go. What? We want... Oh, we have thirty seconds. Hustle ah, we want to thank my co-host, of course, who carries the show as they would say right who but i'm gonna it? i have to quit because i don't have time to do it's this in management who is that <laughs> oh it's david kirk phil right professor david kirk phil right the that's microphone right. hog and <laughs> thank that you is for, I. thank you for not using your french accent this week i have not done so although i did say <laughs> shannon diamour yeah, so, but not so there's a little french in every show and there's a little not french not. in every one of us and we <laughs> want to give our love to president macron of france but we got to go so instead of saying hello at every show that'd be stupid so at the end of every show we say bye Adios! Yeah. <laughs>